welcome back to the Night Clue Podcast. I'm your host, La. Hey, hey, it's Molly. So nice to see here you again today. Yep. And so we're back with another episode. Um, Molly and I were chatting and I thought that it might just be better for us to record our conversation because I'm going to dive in deep about uh, we're going to both dive in deep about like careers and struggles that we have. Um, so I was just telling her about how my current position, I love it. I think it's great. But at the same time, I think there's been like a, a lot of stress happening. So uh, I was going to leave my current company um, because of how stressed I was. I was so overworked, um, working like 12 hour days easily, like four out of five, not five out of five days, a lot, right? Because I have to open at 7.30 and then I have to stay until everybody's gone, which is the last um, hour. We end at 6.30, but then I typically don't leave till 6.45 or 6.50 because I have to wrap things up. So that's a pretty much 12 hour day, mm-hmm. multiple days on end. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm also supposed to be in school. I'm not enjoying life. Like I know it's a pandemic. It's so stressful. I call Molly. I'm like, I want to quit. What am I supposed to do? I could do it. I'm just scared. This isn't like conventional. And five months later, I had negotiated a higher pay raise. Um, we've worked out some quirks where I'm not working 12 hour days every day of the week, maybe like once or twice a week, which is a lot better. Um, but something that hasn't changed is like my my physical state. Like I haven't had a period. I'm in my 20s, my, my late 20s, but uh, I should still be having my period. I should still uh, not be so stressed, I feel like. But it makes me kind of feel guilty too because I'm thinking like, am I just a pussy, you know? Am I just someone who can't cope with hard work? You know, like, I do a lot, right? Like, I do recruitment, I do facilities, I do employee relations, I open the center, I, you know, help with, like, st- like filling in for my staff, um, implementing policies, like, left and right, holding the staff meeting. Like, there's just, like, every ass facet of, like, um, managing an office is what I do. And you have to move quickly. You have to remember a lot uh, of policies and like procedures and like the schedules. And you have to fill in for people, call families. And it's just intense. And I, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's really leveraging my skill set. But at the same time, I'm like freaking out because I'm like, what's happening to my body? Am I be, like doing this to myself so that I'm infertile? You know, like what am I? What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. I am... So I'm considering like leaving again, but it's hard because I really want to stay with this company. Like I like it and I want to stay for a long time um, until like I reach other financial goals for myself. But I don't know. I I'm scared. I'm going to go see a doctor next month or this month technically now. But I just I don't know. Molly, what do you think? I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) Um, you are a pussy, pun intended. Because <laughs> thank you. Yes. So so here's why I lead with that. We should absolutely normalize the discussion 
of a woman's menstruation cycle and the sick the signals that our body helps us to understand mm-hmm. even for our male listeners which i know y'all out there if you are heterosexual okay and or you have well yeah you know mom sister any any person in your life friend whoever significant other that is of the female anatomy this is going to be so important for you to pay attention to because a lot of the times a woman's body we already it already knows what we need before we know right Mm -hmm. and i always use this analogy of connecting your heart to your brain and in this particular case we got to connect our brain to our pussy we got to be able to connect those two dots okay i have been a part of and attended wonderful conferences in which there are people out there primarily women who actually talk about your menstruation cycle Mm -hmm. and how that ties into your productivity ties into how you're feeling your energy the vibe and the lunar phase so I highly encourage for you guys to to look it up. It's so interesting. I actually build my coaching business mm. off of my lunar cycle. No way. Yes way. Shut up. Yes way. Okay, this is so crazy. I've never heard this before. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's what. The, yes. So if you it, it, again, if you look, it, it's called the moon phase or lunar phase, mm-hmm. or you can go off of your or they'll, they'll call it your you know your menstruation cycle. Mm-hmm. You have four seasons in your menstruation cycle. You have winter, you have spring, summer, and autumn. And just disclaimer out there, I'm definitely not an expert in this. But when I attended a conference, shout out to Jordan Gill, done in the day. They had a virtual conference and I attended and there was, and I don't remember her name, I feel so bad, but this was two years ago. She is a lunar cycle coach and what she does is literally help she helps women entrepreneurs like myself to align our productivity and our workload based off of our seasons so Hmm. for instance um, winter is the week that you actually bleed that is when you are menstruating that is a time in which you are supposed to relax just Mm. kind of like be in your cocoon allow for the cleansing of your body to happen all of that good stuff after that is spring spring is a new awakening just like it is with mother nature you're talking you know planting seeds and seeing them blossom and growing into these things and in this case your energy and your productivity, your hormones are more aligned. You're much more inspired. You become much more energized, mm-hmm. right? Your summer is is where you are at your best peak of performance. That's when you want to build relationships. That's when you are peppy and you're positive in your mindset and you are go-getter and you're just like, yes, let's do this. And then autumn is right before you go into your winter, right? That right. is when you get real cranky. That's when your hormones are all in balance. 
that is when you start becoming overly critical about yourself, about others. You want to purge out things that no longer serve you. Mm-hmm. That's when you are like, okay, hey, don't cross me because I will cross you right back times right. two, right? So, okay, so these four seasons you're talking yep. about happen within the lunar cycle. It's not Correct. like the actual year seasons. It's like Correct. With, from when you have your like period to your next yes. period. Yep. That's these four seasons. Correct. Okay. And on average, I believe they said that on average, your lunar cycle lasts about 28 days, right? Ugh. So for me, and again, we're, we're having a real talk here. We're, yeah. we're going to be sharing a lot of our own personal information, but this is all really helpful because let's normalize this. Let's talk yeah, about absolutely. it, right? My average lunar cycle is 34 days. So what I do is, and because I'm a mom of three and ain't nobody trying to have a number four or number five, mm-hmm. I am on birth control. I have a, a five-year IUD in. So even though I have an IUD, I still, my body is so regular that it still menstruates. A lot of people on an IUD don't have a period at all. Um, but again, if you guys want to learn more about it, look it up. There's lots of different people and information that you can learn especially if you don't have your period or you are a misaligned period um, cycle mm-hmm. or you're on birth control and you don't have one at all but for me I'm really regular even <sighs> so, so much so that I'm so jealous like literally to the T I my lunar cycle can start as early as 31 days and it goes up between 31 and 36 days that is my cycle and on average that equals out to be about 34 days in the last year that i've been cycling okay literally um i have my you know your little health tracker Mm -hmm. and your eye and your iphone okay my last cycle started or it last ended january 31st and the one before that i can't even tell you um so it's been 89 days Mm -hmm. 89 days since i had any flow at all and then before that, it also took a very long time. The only time, oh, I remember why now. I pinpointed this. The only time I got like my period was the moment when I decided I was going to quit. Mm-hmm. My literally the next day, Molly, my body felt relief when I like I decided this. I had I came to peace and came to terms with my decision. I was like, I don't care what is going to happen. I have made up my mind, and my body was like okay la you can have your period now and so my body like let me have my period i was so happy because i hadn't had it for months prior to that and then now i decide to stay with my company i decide to stay with my job it's coming full circle again and i'm like oh my god i have to figure this out because i'm not gonna leave my job anytime soon Mm -hmm. but i need my body back Mm -hmm. and when i um talked to my manager i was like look this is like I, I didn't even ex- like explain to her what I was really talking about. I was frustrated and I was like, I don't know how to say this, but even my body mm-hmm. is like having issues with work. Mm-hmm. I had said something to that effect and she's like, because <sighs> I think she probably understands. She's a very empathetic, yeah. wonderful boss. And that's another reason why I don't want to leave because I love her. I think she's amazing and she's been so supportive. And I'm also, I just love how the company is so compassionate and empathetic and they truly believe in building people and coaching people i've worked with places where i messed up once and they were like on the verge of firing me which they're not wrong for doing some companies just run that way but the fact that like my current company is amazing and they um don't believe in that they really believe in coaching you know they actually teach you and hold like hold your hand essentially because 
sometimes they've held my hand. They've also held other people's hands too, a lot longer and tighter than they held mine. But um, but I, I like that. I think that to me, it shows like a, a level of humanity. It shows like a level of um, family, you know? And I think that's irreplaceable. What am I trying to say? Irreplaceable. So yeah. um, that's why I want to stick around. I like the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit of what I do but at the same time I'm so worried for my body I'm so worried I don't have any kids like I don't even know if I want kids but I want the option like I still want to choose at some point later down the road and it just feels like like I don't have that choice at you know yeah the pace I'm going well and you're it was exactly just as I described. You had your period the very next day because your crazy. body was like, I am cleansing itself now. You allowed your body to cleanse itself and you started with your mindset when you agreed at that point. You made that, you committed to the decision to say, I'm leaving and I'm not going to do this anymore. And your body's like, Yep, and I'm aligned with you. And boom. But I understand it's not as simple. Yeah. It's not as simple as, as what it is to just walk away. That's a lot of the times when we think about our careers and as a career coach, mm-hmm. this is what I see consistently amongst all of my clients really? that I talk to. Yes. is That's crazy. The decision to walk away for the better good of your mental emotional physical and spiritual health there is so much to be said because if you really honestly think about it the amount of time that you spend waking hours at your job Mm -hmm. it will absolutely take a positive or negative impact on how you become as a person Mm -hmm. as a people manager as a leader i always said to my team I need you physically in all ways, shape, or form to be 100%. Because how am I going to get 100% out of you from a productivity level? Mm-hmm. Right? You need to stop and truly think about what are the components that's causing stress for your body to go into this weird state. It really is the very first red flag of, is this the right job for me? is it aligned with who I am and mm-hmm. what my body needs, right? And I am not sitting here saying it is such a simple decision to just walk away from a career, walk away from a job, walk away from a company, yeah. walk away from a team and a leader that is great for you. But at the end of the day, if you really think about it, that is your decision to make. That's your choice mm. to decide what comes first. Yeah. I agree. And in life, there's the ultimatums all the time, mm-hmm. right? It's which one are you going to put emphasis and commit to? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, for me at least, in my personal journey, I know exactly how you're feeling. Like, especially women. We are so... Um, I always joke around my husband. I said, I said to... I heard someone say... God created men first because they were the first draft. And then God created <laughs> women next because we were the final and masterpiece. We're the final draft, okay? That's why we're much more, we're so much more complex. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we're more complex I than men are. I love that so okay? much. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but 
because we're so much more complex we need to really be intuitive to ourselves yeah we have a woman's intuition what's the point of having a woman's intuition if you don't listen to your intuition you know it's just really hard because there's also that level of like logic right so um what i was thinking i know that like the last couple years um when i when i first started this position i um i feel like you know when you get older you just have lower metabolism you don't work out as much in general and I always wanted to work out. Like, I've, I'm never that skinny, you know, Asian girl. I've always been bigger. And I don't even care, but I was always healthy. Like, I always was strong. And um, I still think I'm pretty strong. I just have to work out some more. But, like, the point is that recently I haven't worked out. So I thought that that was, like, a factor into why I wasn't, you know, having a healthy menstrual cycle. But then the fact that I, like, didn't work out, like, all 2020... And then come January 2021, I make that decision. My body's like, here's your period. And you didn't work out at all last year. So I'm like, okay, if there's something more yes, going on. it's not a coincidence. You ha- And that's the thing. It's the way that you have to shift your brain to connect with your body. I know. You, it, there is somewhat, so much to be said. And until you have committed and seen through that decision to align your body into a place of better health, mm-hmm. you're not going to see it. It you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I know. And let me tell you, as you guys, our listeners, you guys know our audience. I made the I made the leap of faith to mm-hmm. go into full time entrepreneurship. My skin hasn't been this clear in my entire life working in corporate. I sleep through the night now I, I used to struggle significantly yeah. with insomnia you mentioned that yes. that you had to like work out in I the mornings to, to sleep. sleep at night nobody like I said to your point like, ain't nobody trying to work out to be skinny I was simply working out to get my chemicals in my brain to allow for me to sleep at night yeah and I have problems with sleeping too now mm-hmm. so with sleeping like my boyfriend knows every night Okay, I'm kind of a, a lightweight. I'm very sensitive, so I can't take like you know those melatonin uh, oh, gummies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even take one full gummy. Okay, I can't even <laughs> take a half gummy. I take like a third of a gummy every night just to get me sleepy because it all it helps me go to sleep and then also helps me wake up because I find that if I don't take it, it's harder for my body to wake up. I don't know like what it is. It's like the stress or something that's making me want to sleep longer or sleep in. But your girl can't sleep in because I gotta be at work at seven thirty. So. Um, like that has been heavily impacted too. Before that, I never had to do that. I always just like worked out. I was happy. But my other fear is this, like this is my first manager position, right? I'm like, this is only the beginning, right? If you move up, you're going to have more responsibilities. You're going to have more work, right? And Or do you? Because it's my first ones. I don't know. Like, is it just me not being able to be a manager you know, like it, it's just not aligned with who I am, right? Is that a possibility? So am I just kind of tapped out in terms of like corporate and like money from, you know, the corporate level? Um, or is it just this specific job where it's just the amount of work that they demand from me is a lot more dynamic than other places? Because I, I ideally at this point want to be a manager of just one 
specific area not of recruitment not of employee relations not of opening the center not of like you know helping people go to the bathroom and filling in for my staff and then like calling families and um trying to grow the office with like prospective clients and like just all these little things also maintaining current you know work authorizations because i'm in the medical field so like all those things take up so much time whereas like if you're in an actual corporate office you just focus on recruiting or you just focus on like onboarding people or you just focus on orientation you don't have to do all that right because there's so much that goes on in in between so i don't know like what it is i don't know if it's me not aligned with this dynamic role i don't know if it's like just me not being fit for a manager position and if i'm not even fit for that then like should i even dream bigger should i even like try to climb the corporate ladder you know what i mean and that's like really depressing because i don't want to just end up here i don't want to i don't want this to be my cap and it doesn't have to be if you leave the corporate ladder but still that's there's a level of risk to that and i don't know if i'm ready to take that step yet Mm -hmm. but that's where my mind's at i'm like Mm -hmm. what can i do then you know Mm -hmm. where are my where is there really excuse me a job that is actually aligned with like what I can bring and what I want financially yes yes and yes I know it seems like a dream we as human beings our subconscious likes to play tricks on us to keep us safe I know. So what it does, what 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 <clears throat> what I'm listening to you say mm-hmm. right now, and um, this is almost me going into coaching mode, y'all. So if you're ever wondering how it's like to co- this, this is what it's like. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to identify what is between fact and fiction in your brain. Okay. You absolutely can do that. The thing that most people don't understand in finding a career that's aligned with more money, more balance, more better health, everything, more aligned with you authentically, right? Is you already, whether you know it or not, you you have predetermined in your brain Mm -hmm. what that's defined to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'm asking for you to do is in order for you to be, to open the floodgates of possibility, to create and find a career that's aligned authentically to you that's not going to put your body into this wait am i menstruating am i not am i sleeping am i not all of this stuff is solely your mindset of opportunity Mm -hmm. if you believe it's available to you it's totally different than a limited mindset Mm -hmm. right yep you gotta start first you gotta start there first and when for those of you who are like, yeah, Molly, that sounds so great. You're all talking about this like mind thing, which I think is probably number one, the most important thing is your mindset. But number two, for those of you who are really tactical and need to know the how-tos, you really need to protect your mindset, protect your boundaries when it comes to what you think is beneficial for you as a whole person. We forget working in corporate America. Mm-hmm. We are so accustomed to our company, our manager, our teams, our stakeholders, our customers, our clients mm-hmm. determining what our role should be that we let go of the reins and they get to decide what that is for us. 
for my go-to or my how-to people. It is time to take control of the reins and you determine. You set those protective boundaries in place to determine what is beneficial for you. And La, you you set it up in a great example. Having those conversations with your manager to say, listen, I cannot, literally cannot work 12 hour days, five days a week. I can't, I need to scale down. This is what's happening. That's the first step. You did that. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for you to really sit with yourself look at other parts of your job Mm -hmm. that is not aligned and you just need to advocate for yourself in that regard so sure is it the 12 hour days okay we check that off the list what else what else are your job that's causing you to feel out of balance and you know putting your mind and your body into this funk yeah i know and i think so for me I think my first step is to just go talk to a doctor and see what's happening to my body physically. Because what if there's something else that's happening more than that? Because I don't want to just like drop the ball because there's so many factors at play, right? Like it's not just me that's affected. It's my my manager that's affected. It's the families. It's the staff. It's the patients. And so um, it is a little selfish to just drop the ball. I, and that's not, I know that's not what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that's my thought process. So um, first, want to check in with the doctor and see like what's going on. But I do know that off the top of my head, like stress has been a huge factor. I also know that pride is playing a little bit into this because your girl is a millennial. Okay, so I haven't been at a job for three years. Every job I've been at is like maybe two, two and a half years. And I'm like, I would love to stick with the company and grow with the company. But I also understand like there's certain things that are priceless, right? My time is priceless. You can never get that back, right? My body is priceless. I could never be this young again in my life. Um, And I do, again, with the whole fertility thing, as a woman, you only have a, a window of time to decide if you want kids or not. And the fact that my body isn't even like, giving me the option right now i don't even know when i ovulate like i actually started this tracker because i'm like how how do i figure this out like oh i just want to know my body a little bit better i can't because i'm not even menstruating Mm -hmm. i can't figure it out and so i'm like how how to do this so i want to go to the doctors first and figure out if there's any way to kind of regulate it like i was telling you prior to recording um i might just go on birth control just to help regulate it i don't really want to but we'll see if that helps um i've never been on birth control and i don't know it kind of scares me but we'll see what happens i'll see what i decide update you guys later but uh as of right now i think that's my plan i don't know if there's much else they can do for the position itself but i do i guess I am someone who tries to have like a an abundant mindset as well, mm-hmm. like to be open that there's other possibilities. I do think it's possible to have other jobs that won't be as taxing and that pay pretty well. But I want to ask you, since you're someone who has moved up the corporate ladder a lot more quickly than I have, like when you move from, you know, a manager to a director level or to, you know, even, I don't know, were you a senior director at some point? No, just director. Director, mm-hmm. okay. So when you kept moving upwards, did you feel like your amount of work was just like unmanageable ever? Or like it was just like crazy and did it ever hit you physically at all? I think that happens 
absolutely it does Mm -hmm. but i think to be quite honest for me when i was the most overwhelmed and overworked Mm -hmm. and more stressed out was when i did not have the right team in place to delegate okay that goes right back to what i shared about protecting your boundaries setting those boundaries communicating those boundaries self-advocacy is so important when i made it to that director role i was handling lots of different things but i was really good at putting my team in place ensuring that they were cross-trained so they could help each other out i was not the go-to I refuse to be that one mind to be empowered to make decisions. They knew mm-hmm. when they could make decisions and they knew when they needed to cross it by me. Mm-hmm. That's two very different things. So how you empower and how you ad- you really advocate for yourself is really on you. So mm-hmm. I also stopped my own people pleasing, meaning... La was a part of this team. She also was on call. I intentionally did not put myself in there because I knew if I put myself, I was the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup for the Mm on-call schedule. Intentionally. Why? Because I had all of these other things I needed to do and that was a competing priority for me. It was not okay for me to put myself in there and put myself into a place where I could not deliver. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the more you climb up the ladder, you have responsibilities. But how you tackle that is by ensuring that you feel comfortable and confident in delegation, having the right resources, meeting people, people that you can lean on to mm-hmm. and say, OK, this is what I need for support on. And this is how I do that. This is how I execute on that. Yeah. And to your point, I think that's probably one of the biggest issues, too, because I in full transparency, I don't think I have a reliable team. There you go. At all. Bingo. I, yeah, I don't have a reliable team at all. So then you're like running around doing everything, right? Yeah. You're one person. You need to be, and and to your whole, like, instead of being a jack of all trades and you want to be a master of one, right? In order for you to do that, you need to build up your team to a place where they themselves can be the jack of all trades or the master of one. So you can also be a master of one. Yeah. It, it takes time to build that and to do that. But that is all of the components of being a leader. When you mm-hmm. get promoted and you climb those rungs in the corporate leadership, let me ask you, mm-hmm. the CEO, the vice president, what are they doing? Are they doing everything? No. Are, okay. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think this role has to be so dynamic where you do a little bit of everything and it's exhausting it is so exhausting and so maybe that's just what i need to let go of mm-hmm. i i have clinical staff who are not reliable you know i don't fully understand it they have hours scheduled for them and if it, they get canceled by the patient i reschedule them with another one and they complain they don't want it um i have someone who's supposed to be filling in for me administratively but for medical purposes or medical reasons she's always calling out and then i have to stay later i don't have an extra like our leadership team right now is supposed to consist of at least like four to five people right now there's two people and i'm the most reliable one and then of all my clinical staff 
most reliable person. I'm not even a clinical staff, but like when clinical staff fail administratively, I have to step in to find that coverage or to notify the parents, take the you know brunt an end of that conversation. And so maybe what I should do then is one, start applying, just getting my resume back out there. I did update it. I'll just send it back out and start putting feelers out. Um, maybe two, uh, talk to my my manager again and mm-hmm. say, hey, um, I'm maybe I'll just be honest and tell her, look, I'm not having my period. I'm in my 20s. I had two periods this last year. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe three or four. I don't remember. But that's not 12 periods. Yeah. And, and then, like, I can't do this anymore unless you guys bring on people to support Mm -hmm. like if we don't have that i'm leaving unfortunately yeah and here's maybe that's maybe that's the line i have to draw it is yeah let me say this loud and clear for you la as well as every single one of our listeners okay you mentioned something about pride which it really is at the core of this Mm -hmm. right our careers especially for millennials our careers is a pillar of our identity. That's the reason why there's so much ego in that pillar. Mm-hmm. We are our titles. I mean, in the in our culture, the first thing you say when you meet someone is, hi, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Right? It is time to knock that down. It's time for you to understand that just as much as you give to your employer, to your career, to this job at this point in time, it should give back the same, if not more, fulfillment and alignment for you. Mm-hmm. It is simply a job that is a job. It is not the makeup of who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. The values, the things you take from that job, from that company, from that team, from your leaders, is what is going to help mold you as a person. But that job in itself, is not and we mm-hmm. have to start being able to differentiate between that if this job and this company this this team this leader whoever if they no longer serve you it is time for you to truly look elsewhere and the great thing is you are being selective not desperate because mm-hmm. fortunately you're not unemployed right mm-hmm. you have the ability to be more selective in mm-hmm. this regard. To proactively make exactly. a choice. Exactly. But yeah. the, the choices that you're making moving forward need to be in in as clear as day, 2020 vision. If you know that this is not what you like right now and this is what's causing you to have missed periods for a whole year, you need to be able to understand what is causing that that you think, right? long work hours you know not a dependable team feeling like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders you're the only dependable one blah 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 Mm -hmm. you should not those things need to be used as your filter and your lens for the next move that you make Mm -hmm. so if you think about that your questions the things that you're going to be asking these companies during your interview, asking them should be things of, so tell me, you know, how, what's the longest day I would be working? I see that you guys are asking me to open. What time do I close? What do I have? To, who else is on the team from a leadership perspective? What does that look like? 
you are strategically using what you don't like and what you know is not aligned to you. Because mm-hmm. I'm interviewing them. Exactly. Yeah. I tell my, you know, when I'm hiring and I'm doing all these interviews because I'm always hiring because I have high turnover and unreliable staff. Um, but <laughs> so when I'm hiring, I tell them that. I'm like, look, do you have any questions for me? At the end of the day, like, I want to make sure we're a good fit for you. Absolutely. Because as a hiring manager, you don't want to hire someone who's not going to stick around. You're investing a lot of time into one, interviewing them. You're investing a lot of time into two, training them. I also invest a lot of time in making sure I successfully onboard my staff. I follow up with them. I'm like, hey, did you take your TB test? You know, when are you getting it read? Have you completed your I-9? Et cetera, et cetera. Hey, do you have all your documents ready for orientation day? Okay, and then I have to do orientation day and then I have to sign up for training and then they have to pass everything and they may not pass everything. Yeah. And then I have to start all over again. And even if I pass, I have to put in time to scheduling them and then talking to like our trainers and then making sure that they have their iPad and just so many little things to make sure that they're successful. I'm like, oh, please just don't come here because you're looking for a job. This job is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. It is difficult. There is so much that you have to learn because no one knows too much about this world and you have to learn everything from scratch. And so I need someone who's competent. I need someone who loves playing with kids. I need someone who like can take data. I need someone who like is reliable, great with parents, soft skills. And that's hard because the education requirement is just high school. And so um, not everybody is going to come with those like skill set with a high school degree degree you know or diploma um you know I definitely have a lot of people who come with that background and are great and then I also have people who are in like graduate school and also great so it it varies but it's just really difficult when when candidates don't understand that they're in control as well Mm -hmm. that sense of clarity needs to be both sides of the uh, of the interviewing cycle the clarity from the employer and the hiring manager perspective as you stated there needs to be clarity on who you want, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what you're putting up front in an investment perspective for time, money, resources. From a candidate, even more so. You need to be very clear. Again, is this job going to cause me to miss my period? And if it does, damn it, it's not for me. You need to figure that out. You need to be able to slice and dice it. And to your point, go through your channels. Is it a medical thing? Is it more than this? Is it all of the things? All of the channels that you're going to take is going to point you in the direction of clarity so you understand what that next step is going to be moving forward. And for those of you who are like, nope, I am not going to jump ship because I've got way too much going on, you can still alter, change, advocate for yourself at your job by having these transparent conversations with your leaders. And if they don't care after you have those conversations, then it's time to jump ship. But you can at least try. Mm-hmm. You have to be realistic about the things that you need. And what you're asking for, you're not asking for a million dollars. You are simply asking for your body to regulate. And um, hello, any organization, any company, any leader who's not going to put priority in that should probably think twice about whether or not that's going to be someone or a team that you should really be planting your loyalty to. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to showcase the benefit of your well-being before you can give your best. Again, I can't expect you to give me 100% if you're not at 100%. Mm-hmm. A good leader will understand that. A good company will understand that. They will know that I'm going to keep my employees at the best possible 
state yeah. of mind. Yeah. Keep health. them healthy. Yeah. How in the world do you expect someone to show up and do 110% if they're ill? They're not you, feeling well. Yeah. You can't. You can't. That is unrealistic and honestly unfair and really rude. Unkind mm-hmm. to expect that from any human being. Mm-hmm. When we work for employers in corporate America, we tend to forget that we are all still humans. We all need to be at 100% before the company can get you 100%. You need to take that time to, to figure that out. Yeah. And then the other thing that makes me feel kind of like confused or like curious, if anything, is just to what extent... You know, I I know what you're saying, but then as someone who's a manager and I have to hear similar conversations from my own employees where they're worried about their health or they're worried about this and this, like to what extent is a company lenient to that? You know, because I have staff who call out excessively. Like I'm talking about like they call out at least four times a month, least up to like, I don't even know, 10 times a month. So to what extent does a company like have to bend for the employee? They really don't have to if you think about it. They're the ones in control. They're the ones who call the shots. And so like for me, I do feel a little bit weird about going to my boss and saying, hey, look, you guys need to figure something out because this isn't working for me. It might just, at the end of the day, not be a good fit for them either like they might think okay we do need someone who is as flexible as this and can do this and this Mm -hmm. um and maybe yeah maybe that it's better for them yeah and great question and i would say i'm gonna be really bold Mm -hmm. you are gonna have two different groups of employees as a manager you know that you're gonna have your go-to having someone who is a dependable and really overall good character, good work ethic person coming to me saying, my body is telling me that something's not right and I'm being overworked and I'm stressed. I receive that information from that employee totally different mm. than the employee That's who true. calls in That's true. four times a month. At that point in time, guess what? You are not two peas in a pot. You guys are very, you guys are not made of the same type of people yeah okay? that's true and again it goes right back to your leadership if your leaders are transparent and they are empathetic honestly mm-hmm. they will be able to understand the makeup that you are totally different from this group of people and mm-hmm. the way that they respond to that is what it is but to your point it doesn't matter at the end of the day guess what you as an employee you get to make the choice for you Mm -hmm. you are empowered to make that decision on how you want your career to be how you want your body to behave and react to your career nobody is unless i mean in other countries most of the states here in the united states are at will employers right meaning the mm-hmm. employer, the employee can end employment at any given time so long as it's a, ju- it's a just cause, right? And you're not being like discriminatory or whatever. 
other countries, it is contractual work, right? But luckily here in the U.S., you get to determine what you want your career to be. You drive the bus. So drive the bus. Drive the bus. I think I may have said this in one of the previous episodes, but I think it's timely to just reemphasize it again. At the end of the day, decision-making is simple. It's all of the work that comes with your decision that's hard. Mm -hmm. So it's either I'm going to stay, I'm going to go. It's a yes or a no. Is it black or is it white? Our brain, our subconscious makes us overthink our decisions. So, you know, at the end of the day, making a decision is simple. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's the work that's tied into it and the commitment level to your decision. That's what makes people hesitant on making decisions. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this conversation was very helpful because I think, for one, I do need to do, like, a medical checkup and see what's going on. And then, two, uh, we were able to really pinpoint what the real issue is, and it's just having a very, very unreliable team at this time, and it's taxing on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think those two things need to be looked into, Um, and I'm probably going to just proactively look for another position in the meantime it's not gonna uh, hurt yeah it, absolutely and you know what i always say to people interviewing for other companies does not mean that you're not loyal interviewing with other companies is not a marriage proposal mm-hmm. you are not signing your life away by meeting with other companies and talking to recruiters it's mm-hmm. really not that big of a deal it is to your point being proactive mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it is your decision and only you yourself Mm -hmm. as an individual Mm -hmm. knows what is best for you so even though i as a career coach this is my level of expertise in helping people get through career transition can guide you but at the end of the day if this is a decision you make nobody is ever going to tell at least i'm not i'm not going to tell you that's the wrong move to make better to take action than no action at all Mm -hmm. and that's what you're doing yeah so it's awesome yeah i just had to revisit that though because I'm like thinking about it. I I feel like I'm in, I'm in a better place than you know where I was last mm-hmm. December. You know, and prior to that, I really am. But it's not equating physically. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is something that needs to be looked into, and I am gonna explore all the other options. But yeah, I don't know. This was really good, and I think that we talked about this. I don't know if it was on a podcast or just like in our own casual conversations, but maybe it's like the level of management needs to be different too right like maybe just being in if i were to be a manager of like a department with people who are required to have like higher education or more experience in their certain Mm -hmm. fields like maybe that would be different too Mm -hmm. because even if i had unreliable team members it wouldn't impact me as much because i'm not like as close to the front lines as i am right now even though i'm a manager i am i am someone who believes in like um serving as a leader Mm -hmm. and that makes me a little bit more like hands-on and it's not that I have any issues with that but I do think that there can be barriers to it because it takes away my time from other higher projects that Mm -hmm. I'm expected to to Mm -hmm. also fulfill so 
I don't know. It's a lot to think about. It's very, very interesting to have shared like a real life or real time story with everyone. So you guys can hear me process it. You can hear Molly like coach me through it. <laughs> it's very, very, I don't know. It's kind of cool, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yes, yes. This is good. Yeah. I'll keep you guys posted. I'll keep you posted, Molly. I, this is going to be something that takes, I don't know. I want to say like maybe two to four months mm-hmm. to really see the fruition of because one medically maybe something else is going on two i have to give my myself time to look for other options and i have to give my my manager time to find potential solutions absolutely um work it work yeah. at all angles right now yeah again be selective not desperate mm-hmm. and that includes the willingness to be creative think outside the box of solutions maybe you don't have to leave guess what she's gonna figure it out and you're gonna be your change in the environment and the team or whatever may resolve all of this you never know exactly. you're never gonna know until you have that conversation and you yeah you you protect your time you protect your boundaries and you advocate for yourself yeah and i will say i think that's the other difference between like a reliable um staff and unreliable staff right because when my staff call out they don't find coverage you know it's short notice we have to be very reactive but then if i have this conversation it can be a proactive conversation exactly that's which would be beneficial for the company essentially that's the reason why i say that you you there's two different groups in your scenario Mm -hmm. i understand where you're coming from as a leader Mm -hmm. I, i totally get it but a solid leadership team and organization is not going to group you la in the same type of groupings of the employees who are simply calling in to call in because they have sick time to burn and they really don't need that time I to know. rejuvenate okay so it's just two different we're talking two different people man i i called out sick what was it like last week thursday for the first time ever and I felt so guilty. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt terrible. I was like, it was the best day to do it, though. But And I actually really, really needed that sick day. So what happened was on Wednesday, I came home from work. And I don't remember how many, like, 12-hour days I worked that week at Wednesday. Like, this past week, I worked maybe three or four 12-hour mm. days. Um, so your girl gets real burnt out after three days. Um, so something similar to that had happened. And I came home around 7. And I was like so sleepy at 7.30. I just went to bed. And I am not someone who goes to bed early. And I woke up the next morning. I'm like, I can't. I can't make it in. I just can't. And then I also like messed up my neck. And it was so mm-hmm. stiff. Mm-hmm. And I had like a huge pinched nerve. And I couldn't move my neck. Um so I really did need the day off and of all days that's when I had someone remote or two remote people coming in my boss and like another um, clinical leader who was going to help you know do a lot of clinical items programming and things like that um, modeling for our staff and she was going to help coach them through things and then I also had my administrative person available to also help so all these different like backups so that I could call in sick but had I not had them there on that specific day I don't know what would have happened mm-hmm. because I have no one else to rely on mm-hmm. I tell my boyfriend all the time I have to go in I don't know who else is going to do this if I don't go in mm-hmm. and I think there's also something to be said about 
when I shifted from healthcare to um, a tech SaaS sales industry, mm-hmm. when people say, "Oh, you know, Molly, work is work. No one's going to die in healthcare." Yeah, someone will pass if you don't have that appropriate medical coverage, right? Mm-hmm. The health industry in general, mm-hmm. I don't care if you are direct care or not. Mm-hmm. Even the individuals on the business front line of healthcare burn out. And this is a perfect example. You may not be the one delivering services directly to your clients, but you're the one supporting those individuals doing that. And so that burnout is so much more prevalent in my experience in healthcare, hence why I had to make that decision to protect myself, my advocacy, and leave the industry for that. Not saying that that's what you have to do, Mm -hmm. but it is not uncommon to feel that way. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the work that I do now in terms of medical field it's not like life or death per se because it's we're really working on like behaviors mm-hmm. excuse me more than anything else and um so that's kind of a relief right knowing that if we cancel sessions no one is going to be dying no one is going to be hungry or thirsty or falling you know anything to that effect so i'm really grateful for that but because i think i'm so close to you know the patients and family lines is that when I think about canceling, I think about that conversation I have to have with the parents because no one else is going to have that conversation right. and and they're not supposed to. It's it is my my job. So I I do that, but it, you know, I'm always very conscious and scared of like the the client and company relationship, the business relationship and that trust that we're building and I don't know. I think that's across all companies though, right? Like if you're if you're client facing that's so stressful Mm -hmm. client facing period and Mm -hmm. so I unfortunately can't really say that I have the same stress as like a a nursing background or doctors or even CNAs I don't but I I don't know maybe I'm just not meant for client facing I don't know maybe and that's that's where it's you diving in to understand how you align better to the components of your job duties Mm -hmm. is why it's important for you to figure that out yeah right and not every job is going to be your perfect ideal job. Even for me as a, as a career coach of my own business, there's components of my job <sighs> that, you know, if I could just coach all day long, yeah, that's the ideal. But let's be real. That's not true. I'm running my own business. There's the sales component. There's the marketing component. There's the branding. There's the networking, meet and greet. There's the taxes. Let's talk about that for once. And and, and also, if I could for two seconds, health insurance, affordable health care for small business owners and solopreneurs, that's for a totally different episode, even maybe for a totally different podcast show. But... (laughs) Those are all the things that come with being a career coach in my own business, right? Mm-hmm. Not every job is going to be perfect and you're not going to love every aspect of it. But the more you're aligned to the purpose of what it is and feeling a sense of fulfillment and servitude, like you mentioned, like I'm a ser- servant leader. How are you serving? How are you showing up as a leader for your people? How are you serving and providing other forms of you know, support um, inspiration, empowerment, leadership, guidance, whatever, 
the more you're aligned, mm-hmm. the better you feel. And I guarantee you, the healthier you'll be as a person when you're fully aligned in that case. That's the reason why I sleep now at night. That's the reason why I, you know, have the energy to wake up to work out in the mornings. That's the reason why my skin hasn't been so clear before in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Is because I am now fully aligned to the majority of my job and my career. And I'm so proud of it because I my career has now is no longer a pillar of who I am because I am a career coach and a career coach is me through and through. I don't change. Molly Lowe does not change who I am when I'm coaching someone to me being uh, a leader. It, it's it's consistent and I'm mm-hmm. authentic, right? So when you find that alignment, you're going to feel it. You're going to know it. Mm-hmm. You got to figure it out though. Yeah. That's the first step. So yeah. good yeah. for you. You're doing yeah. it. Do it. I know. Wish me luck. <laughs> Wish me luck, everyone. I I feel like I know, but you never really know until it's done. Yeah. Like in hindsight, that's when yes. you're like, oh, okay, yes. this is the right path to go or yep. not. Yep. So you live and you learn. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And with that, we're going to just close out this episode. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys at our next episode. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Tune in. We'll give you guys more updates. We are going to continue to talk more about career growth. We're going to talk more about personal growth and just all the good stuff. So, all right. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>